come with great expectancy. And it is a morning that God is literally birthing new things in our lives. This is not a normal weekend. This is a Super Bowl weekend. You may not discern it. You may not feel it. You may not understand it. But no matter where you are, God wants to do something that is brand new. You may be down, like the old preacher, country preacher said, when you're down to nothing, God is up to something. <laughs> Thank you. I want us to open uh, this morning to Luke chapter 1. And we're going to begin reading with 26, verse 26. If you're here, just say yes. yes. All of you that are online, uh, it's going to be a great day. Verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. To a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Most Theologians believe that Mary was a teenager, maybe around 17 years old. Her life is good. She's got a boyfriend, Joseph, and she's a part of this custom where, first of all, there's engagement. In those days, the fathers arranged the marriage. Then there's a betrothal period of one year, promises are made, and then sometime in that time, the groom shows up, and then they have a wedding. So when it says that Mary was pledged, that's where she was. Life is good, she's got her guy, Everything is in place, yea, God. And then the live angel shows up and says, Buenos dias, como está <laughs> And she says, muy bien. Everything is cool. She's a little bit uncomfortable with an angel showing up. And I think any one of us would kind of feel that way if an angel just shows up and starts to tell us things. Like angel comes to me and says, Judy's pregnant. <laughs> that would be scary. <laughs> now that you're awake and alive here this morning, so Mary is somewhat bewildered what this uh, angel is trying to do. 
the, the angel picks up kind of her emotional response. And in verse 30, he says again, all right, all right, Mary, remember the Lord is with you. That's good. Then the angel gives this message in verse 31. You, Mary, will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He'll reign over Jacob's descendants forever, and his kingdom will never end. Mary, this is not just a birth that's going to happen. The boy you have that will be conceived will actually be over an endless kingdom, an administration that is not voted on by the people every four years. This administration is for the whole world. And Mary, Mary now, has a question about how this happened because virgins don't have babies. <laughs> and she says, you know, I, I don't want to get into too much detail about the message that you gave, but <laughs> let me remind you, I'm a virgin and... I'm clean with my boyfriend. And then probably the most known verse in the Bible pops up. And sometimes we miss the import of what that is. So I want us to read verse 35. And I want us to read it loudly. And you can even read it in your living room out loud. Verse 35, come on, let's hit it now. The angel answered... The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One is to be born, and we call the Son of God. Mary, they shadow, this shadow, which actually in the uh, Greek here means that it is actually a cloud that is going to come over you. It means to cover with a cloud as the Shekinah glory. And what he's talking about is, Mary, you're going to be going about one day, and as you're going about whatever you're doing, what's going to happen is the Shekinah, the shadow, the cloud is going to come upon you, and the Holy Spirit is going to cause you to be able to conceive a baby, what you could not conceive without the cloud will now happen to you, and you're going to find yourself with a child, the Son of God, Jesus. And I believe the same shadow, the same cloud of the glory of God, the Shekinah glory, has come on this Sunday that he would be able to birth some things that have never been birthed, that are dormant, things that are 
simply without life that he will begin to birth because the same Holy Spirit is here on this day in Orlando, Florida to birth new things. Marriages that are barren, relationships that are barren, the Holy Spirit can come and bring new life to people that are sitting in this room and you have backed off of life and you had hopelessness to one situation and now it's an array of situations and now maybe you should have a shirt on that says I'm hopeless, help me and today is not another day, this is a day that we have assembled together with even sound effects because we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And guess what? He calls the rain to come to demonstrate because the rain is symbolic of the Holy Spirit coming and overshadowing us on this day. The supernatural power of God. And then it says, Elizabeth... Her cousin, who's going to have John the Baptist, who was not able to have a child, is going to have a child. And now Elizabeth comes, and Mary is uh, honored to have someone walk with her in her miracle process. And then listen to this. In verse number 37, it says, For nothing... Nothing, say it with me, for nothing is impossible. That can be a platitude or that can be powerful by the Holy Spirit. It can cause you to get out of your chair and rather than looking hopelessly at certain circumstances, you get out of your chair of hopelessness and you come up and you realize that God has said that all things are possible, nothing is impossible with God. And the word there, nothing, is in the Greek, no word, so that no word that God has spoken is impossible. And sometimes someone will come up to you and they will give you a word. Sometimes you are alone by yourself and God gives you a word. Or you read the Bible and something pops out at you and you have to stand on that. And it may not happen right now. And often I find that great things in life do not happen in one particular period of time. It's something that you have to stand on every single day. And you have to know that this is not a word that somebody on the news gave to you. This is not something that you kind of dreamed up in the middle of the night, but you have something that God has said and you take it personally and you begin to stand on it and it does not happen this year and it doesn't happen next year or whenever it happens as one woman in the last service came up and said, thank you. I have been dealing with this situation in my marriage for 10 years and today I have hope that God is going to give me a breakthrough. Nothing, say it, nothing is impossible with God. What is it that stands before you? What is it that stands before you and intimidates you and says, I know you heard that from God, but 
You're not smart enough. You're not going to be able to do that. You have to learn to intimidate your enemy and stand up and say, back off, pal. I'm on assignment from heaven. I don't know how many times I'm sitting in that chair and I'm getting ready to come up here and, and all kinds of things flood my mind and I, and I get my Bible and I come up and I walk and I'm not just walking across here. I'm walking, I'm saying, God is with me, the Lord God Almighty. And what I'm doing is I'm saying, your thoughts are not my thoughts and I'm not accepting it, and you're not backing me down because it's raining outside, because this is gonna be a great day. If it rains or it doesn't rain, and this day is not a filler day, this is not another day, this is a day that God has appointed us to rise up, and he's calling people that are sitting in this service, you are reeling in hopelessness, and somehow your life is boring, and for the most part, it is over, because you, ow. <laughs> Where was I? And you're, you're ready to give up and give in to something that has hurt you. So here is Mary. Mary, the angel, says you're going to conceive. Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. And like you and me, we play the movie. How's that going to work? And I'm sure she's thinking, okay, I'm having coffee, a grande latte with my boyfriend, Joseph, and I say to him, Joseph, I'm pregnant. And he looks at me, you're pregnant. It's okay, it's by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> or she's thinking I'm in the mall and I'm walking through the mall and I'm pregnant. My friend comes up, oh, you and Joseph are married now. No, we're not. Oh, oh, I'm pregnant. Really, it's by the Holy Spirit. Because a lot of things that God does, they don't make sense. A lot of us have linear thinking or logical thinking, and God gave us logic, but God is not committed to logical decisions. He goes 1, 12, 50, 5,000. While we're trying to go now one and then two and then three. So Mary has to have this choice whether she will go with what she thinks and understands personally or whether she will go with what God has said through this big guy, Gabriel. And she's pondering these things and she's wondering what she's going to do and what is happening now. Like many of us, we get at this crossroads and the choice, the choices we make 
at the point of our crossroads will determine the direction and the destiny of our lives. And often it's one call. Often it is one decision and God literally takes you where you have never been before. And you're at a crossroad right now to stay in defeat, to stay in hopelessness, and you show up here, and it may be that the word of God is coming to you right from this Christmas story that is time on this day, the 9th of December, to get up and get out of your comfort and move. It's easy to be comfortable. I was talking to Judy last night. I said, every time I go lap swimming, which I did last night, and I jump in the water, it's so cold, my body jumps. And she said, I would never do that. <laughs> that was not the point. <laughs> every time I'm sitting on the edge of the pool and I pull out this watch that Judy got me, and I have it set for swimming, and then I push the thing, put on my goggles, and I think, it's going off, I gotta, and I jump in, and it's like, oh my God, why do I do this? <laughs> How many know the difference between being comfortable and uncomfortable? Mary is jumping in the water of God's will. And she's decided that she would rather be uncomfortable and answer the questions in the mall rather than miss what the big angel told her. Because she's relying on the live angel that showed up. She's counting that he actually came from heaven and is speaking for God. And she has to decide. And you and I, at our crossroads, have to decide what we're going to do. Are we going to do with our good intellect? Are we going to go with our experience? Are, what we, are we going to go with what we know? Or are we going to go with God? It's like we need a children's pastor and... At the beginning of a year ago, God said, somebody's going to send someone to you, or he's going to come to you, and by a circumstance of our daughter, Pastor Danny shows up, but he's never been in children's ministry, and I'm scared to death. <laughs> he's selling motorcycles, and I think in my bedroom, people will think I'm crazy. I tell a pastor, we hired a man who sells motorcycles and snowplows or whatever. But God said, he's the man. Rescue that man out of Milwaukee. This is his only time out. And God does mysterious things, and it goes beyond our experience and knowledge. And how far you go is whether you go with God or whether you go with your best thinking. God tests our hearts. 
at this moment. What is in your heart? Are you full of yourself? Are you full of things? I don't know why I'm stuttering here, but do you have all this stuff in you that you're so carnal, you're so unspiritual, you're so into your doing your life in your own strength? You're never gonna make a God decision if you're in your own strength because God causes us to climb mountains. He calls us to go to the summit and we can't go there based on our education. We can't go there on our wisdom and we have to stay with God. What did God say? What did God plan for my life? What did God set up for me? And I'm going with him and I don't care what everybody else says. I'm going for it. I'm going for it. I wish I could tell you how big the plans are for us, every person in this building. You are called to a destiny that is far beyond your ancestors, a destiny before, beyond what you can think about. And if your logical thinking takes over at the end of your life, you will have dreams and you will have destinies, but they will be in the coffin in the ground because you didn't have the audacity to stand out and stand up for God and say, I know what God said. It was confirmed with those that are spiritual around me and I'm not going back. I'm not going over there. I'm gonna jump into the cold water of God's will and I know it's gonna be uncomfortable and I know I don't wanna do it, but I know I should do it so I'm going to jump. Hallelujah. What is the decision you're facing? God's called you to do great things and the doors haven't opened. You're thinking you need to be there. You're still here. I have found one big master word for that. It's called faithfulness. I have found in my life, if God's given me one thing and I'm faithful, he'll give me more. He won't give it as fast as I want it, but he will give it to me. And it's amazing how Christians, they want to jump around. They're going to jump to this church, and then they're going to jump to this church, and then they're going to jump over here. And God said this. A lot of stuff had nothing to do with God. You're just jumping because you feel, you feel lethargy because you never got in and did anything. And so you go to 30 churches before you die, and it's the same, same narrative every single time. Rather than get in, get in and say, you know what? I'm going to... Like my dad, he had me facilities, cleaning bathrooms, and he had me uh, washing the white pew ends and waxing the floor and did it for years and years. Every weekend, I was, I was, I know how to clean up, praise God. (laughs) Now Judy does that. No. (laughs) Faithfulness. Say the word, faithfulness. Faithfulness. 
You know what makes this place around here run? You know what makes this place go? It's thousands of faithful people. They don't need recognition. They may be in the back. They don't care because they know, they know, I was going to say Washington. They know that heaven is, they know that heaven is looking at them and they're doing it as unto the Lord. Often I get a verse and I think about it and the Holy Spirit causes that verse to go from the Bible, go from my mind. I don't, I, I don't memorize scriptures. I anchor them in my heart. My mind's involved, but I gave up. I don't memorize verses. Mind verses don't change your life. But if you get that word into your heart and the mind cooperates with that, the Bible says that I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin. I know my strength is the, the number of, of words I have, not in my Bible only, but in me. And I had one that kicked some time ago, I think it was last year. In Romans chapter 15, verse 13. And it's a resourceful verse, and you have to break it down before you even know what it means. But he says here, may the God of hope, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. So that you may overflow, say that word, overflow, overflow with what? Hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And when you break that down, you say, what does that all mean? And you have two different uh, uh, components here in that, and one is this whole thing of trust. Trust. And the other is the, the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not a matter, well, I'm going to hope, praise God. I'm wishing the Gators will win. You know, praise God. It's not like that. Or the Seminoles. John. It's a matter of deciding that we are going to trust the Lord. That what he said, we're going to trust him with our hearts and with our lives. It's amazing how easy it is to have trust issues. And because so many people have let us down, we trust this person, we trust that person, they turn on us. We trust this person, and then we, we're believing God for something that doesn't happen, so now, hey, my my. Disappointment goes up. And disappointments will inevitably wreck your life and strip you clean of your trust. Vanjie, our daughter, was 
in Huntsville, Alabama, a couple weeks ago. She was leading worship, and she was in a prayer meeting on Saturday, as we have here. And thank you, Kenneth, for yesterday in the prayer, and Andrea. And she said, they're all walking around, and they're praying. And, and Vanjie said, I got a word, and I went to the pastor. I said, do you give out words? He, Pastor Spencer Beach introduced her. And when she told me this on the phone, I thought, oh, my God, I think that's a word for today. And here's the word she had. She said this. She said, I see many that have disappointment like a baby have been carrying around a baby, carrying around disappointment like a baby for years of their lives. And she said, I believe God is giving a grace for people to release the disappointment so that he can fill your lives with hope, with healing, and with a new joy. The word was, as disappointment is released, offenses will also fall and forgiveness will fill hearts. Disappointment is not something we can avoid, but we have a choice as to how we will manage our disappointments. If we allow it to pile up, offenses will also pile up, and those offenses can easily take roots that produce unforgiveness. She said, God is waiting to gift us with joy and peace. But you have a choice to let Jesus into your disappointments. To let Jesus come in. And how do I let Jesus come in in my disappointments? As that verse we just read, we have to be rekindled. We have to be ignited of turning back, not to people. People will disappoint us. No one said amen, but it's true. People will disappoint us. Fathers, mothers, brothers, sisters, friends. We have to turn our trust back in the Lord. So that our trust is in the Lord. And when people walk away, and we will be disappointed, we make a choice, as I have done my whole life, to release them, forgive them, and I always forgive them because I know it's God's way, and I don't have any room in my heart to put some bitterness in there. I want to fill my heart with the power of the Holy Spirit. And I don't want that. There's no room for that kind of stuff there. And Mary, Mary, you heard what the angel said. Mary, Mary, you heard. What are you going to do? And here she is, crossroads. And Mary had to decide. Now, I got to talk with Joseph at the coffee place that person in the mall, she had to make this choice right here on the screen. Go her way, or she had to make a decision and say, God has spoken. 
I'm gonna go with God. I'm gonna go with what he said. And it's amazing. It's amazing that Mary simply said these words, and they need to be the words that we say also, and they are the words that simply say that I, talking to the Lord, I am your servant. Now, you come and you do everything that the angel has said in my life. It's kneeling to my own wisdom. It's kneeling to everything I think is right and saying, Lord, not my will, thy will be done. And let me add quickly, don't ever think it's easy. And let's not like slough over this like, yeah, we're going to do God's will. It's hard. It's hard. But the rewards are phenomenal. I said the, the rewards are phenomenal when we decide to go God's way. What crossroad are you at? Is there a relationship that's not right in your life that you need to put aside? Is there a person that God has told you, this is the person to marry? If God has spoken to you, you act on what you have heard. I've always tried never to get a word from God and run with it myself. I always try to confirm it with those that are around me because we submit ourselves to each other in the will of God and if we start to get off on something, they'll put us in the place and say, that wasn't God. That was that egg omelet you went before you went to bed. <laughs> and we have to listen and we have to expect God to do great things that we have never seen before. And look what Mary did. The Bible says in Luke chapter 1, verse 46, this is called the Magnificat. And here's what happens. Mary responded. I love this teenager. <laughs> I love teenagers. Sometimes God will use someone that maybe is inexperienced and young because they'll listen. Interesting, he called David, didn't he? Mary says, Oh, how, oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he took notice of this lowly girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy. And he has done great things for me. 
He shows his mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones, and he has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. And he has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. Mary, Mary cannot, cannot stop praising God because she believed what the angel said. And she was blessed. She was blessed. There's not a person in this room that God doesn't want to give more blessing. Doesn't matter what you've done, how you botched things up. Doesn't matter how far you run from God. It's what you do when you are at the crossroad. That's what you do. And you humble yourself and say, God, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. lift our hands and begin to praise him. Let's shake off every bit of hopelessness in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, let's lift our voices. Begin to praise him out loud. We praise you, Lord. Let this be a roar of praise in this place. Push back. Jump in the water of praise in the name of Jesus. We praise you, Lord. We glorify your name, Lord. Come in this place with your presence and your power. Fill us with the Spirit of God. Come down in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
How many know that we serve a God of goodness? Hallelujah. This morning we saw several that were making their declarations of letting everyone know that they had given their life to Christ. In every one of our meetings, we always think back of what Christ did on the cross. The fact that Christ died so that we could have healing, that we could be forgiven. None of us get what we deserve. And that cross shouts your pardon. And that's because the blood of Christ was shed for us. At our darkest moment when we are really messing things up and going the wrong way, and then we are covered with guilt and condemnation and shame, which are these things that the enemy wraps around us that stabilizes us to stay with him. But then we have to realize that Christ loves us. There is no sin that he cannot forgive. However, no one can ever experience that unless they actually say, Jesus, me, I want that forgiveness. And when we do, we do that in faith because we can't figure out how, how we could be worthy. But we do that in faith and we say, Jesus, you said that. And like Mary, I believe what you said. Over the years, I have seen thousands and thousands of people raise their hand or in a restaurant or at the gym invite Christ to be their savior. I know he rescued me from myself. And I put my heart and hand up one time. I've never regretted that. He's my best friend. In a moment, you have an opportunity, I'm gonna to count to three, that you can just say, hey Alex, congregation, pray for me. And you just put your hand up in faith, just pray for me. And that's how it all begins, just, just like one hand, Jesus can't figure it out. How's this going to go? That's called faith. And then Christ, like in the first service, young girl sitting here sobbing at the altar. Christ presence all over her. This is your moment. This is your day. This is your crossroads. Don't listen to the devil who tells you you're a bad person. You're so valuable that Jesus died for you. Do you have value? He went to the cross because we have value. Some of you are disconnected from God. Something happened way out there. You need to come back and get connected and come as a child. So we're going to count to three. Be brave. 
be courageous. You say no to evil, because when you say yes to God, you're putting no on the back of your shirt, and you're saying, no way. I'm going to Jesus. We'll count to three, one, two, three. Put your hand up and say, I need, pray for me, I need forgiveness. All over the building, put it up, 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 put it up. I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna ask everyone that raised your hand, walk down the aisle, just stand here. We're gonna have a prayer. Put your hope in Christ, come right now. Who needs to come? Come in from the balcony. Come on. Come on. Get out of your chair. Do it. an opportunity because the decision you make at the crossroads will determine your direction and your destiny. I break every shackle off of you in the name of Jesus. I break off what your father told you that you'd never amount to anything. Your father was an alcoholic. There's some people here you were been in prison. You always feel you're not good enough. Their lies. Grace is for the proud and the prisoner. And we're not stopping this altar call because there are people in this room. The enemy has you held in his grips, in his grip. And what is going through your brain says no way. And I break that in the name of Jesus. I want you to, in a minute, do something we shouldn't do, but turn to somebody and just say, do you need Jesus? Amazing, we'll do every kind of thing to a person. Turn to somebody, just say, do you need Jesus? Walk down the aisle here with them. Anyone that needs Jesus, come, come. 
Who needs to come? Balcony up there? Anyone need to come? Walk down the aisle with them? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Yeah, that there, that's the person right there. You that are watching online, some of you are in other countries. It's not by chance that you decided to watch this service. I know there are hundreds and hundreds of people and Christ will meet you right where you are. Whether you're at the beach or you're in your car in the back seat watching, Christ will change your life. And you pray this prayer with us here in Orlando, Florida, and your life will be changed by the power of Christ. I'd like us all to pray this prayer and say it with confidence for these people that are coming to Christ. Jesus, I put my faith in you that you took my sin on the cross. I confess and believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and he is alive. I turn from my sin. I repent of my sin and I abandon my 